Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. That's a big day for the Prime Minister. He'll be up on his back legs uh, later on and he will be speaking at his party uh, conferences with regards to uh, just with regards to what may be happening. Uh, the Daily Telegraph have the story and they're basically saying Boris Johnson will today unveil a radical new two borders for four years Brexit plan that will leave Northern Ireland in a special relationship with Europe until 2025. The plan and briefed for EU capitals yesterday will accept the need for both a regulatory border between Great Britain and Northern Ireland in the Irish Sea for four years and customs checks between the North and the Irish Republic. So, John Tong's available and no better day to have him available. Uh, John, good morning. Good morning, Frank. Uh, John, Idiot's Guide, particularly for myself... If you could just explain to us how these two borders will work and why the Irish are so against it and uh, unionists uh, seem a little uh, more relieved at this idea. Okay, what Boris Johnson is essentially proposing is is a time-limited backstop. It's a modification of Theresa May's withdrawal agreement. Um, it's, it's a much uh, less ambitious version in many ways. Basically, uh, the... Great Britain, at least, will leave the, the EU in 2021, okay, and will seek a, a free trade agreement with the European Union. But there, are, there will be special rules for Northern Ireland because Northern Ireland will stay for a longer period in the EU single market. Uh, to make sure that goods going between Great Britain and Northern Ireland and then onwards to the, the Irish Republic are, um, are properly monitored, that will involve checks uh, at Northern Ireland's ports and airports uh, on goods coming from Great Britain to Northern Ireland. That really is, is the first border. And then the second border is the one uh, between Northern Ireland uh, and, and the South. Boris Johnson, for the first time, has been open that there, has, there will have to be a customs regime. But the plan is to keep it away from the border. Uh, a sort of modified version of the, of the proposals that were leaked yesterday, where you had you know, uh, five customs clearance centres. Uh, Boris Johnson is still insisting there'll be no infrastructure at the border. But there will be at some, at somewhere, somewhere approximating to the border, uh, some sort of customs uh, checks taking place. 
So is this best of both worlds or worst of both worlds? It depends how you look at it. I mean, in terms of the treatment of Northern Ireland, uh, it is special treatment. And there has been movement both from the UK government and the DUP in accepting that there will be uh, special treatment for Northern Ireland because Northern Ireland stays in the EU single market for agricultural and industrial goods. Uh, the, the DUP had indicated that they were content for agriculture and food to be part of an all-island economy, i.e. aligned to EU rules. But this proposal today goes even further because it would also cover uh, industrial goods. So Northern Ireland would stay in the EU single market, not forever, uh, for four years uh, under the terms of this deal. If Northern Ireland so chose to stay in the EU single market at the end of those four years, if it liked the arrangement, then under this plan, it, that, could take, that could happen with the consent, and here's where people will you know, <laughs> smile or smirk, with the consent of the Northern Ireland Assembly. That's the one that hasn't sat for almost a thousand days. Uh, and the idea of getting consent within a non-existent assembly um, may, you know, may people, people might say, well, what, what is it, what's the point of this plan? But conceivably, you could have the best of both worlds in that Northern Ireland could, could uh, stay aligned in part of the EU single market with the agreement of political parties in Northern Ireland, potentially in perpetuity under this plan. Is there a built-in guarantee of a unionist veto on it? No, it doesn't go as far as that. Um, it, it's fairly vague about how a, st- a storm of consent would be forthcoming. It talks about with the agreement of, of the political parties. Now, the mechanism for that at the moment, of course, within the Northern Ireland Executive, when it sits, is that there has to be cross-community consent. So you'd have to have the support of 40% of unionists and 40% of nationalists uh, within any restored executive for this. Um, but it does, it does give some sense of, of, of local say over further EU alignment. I think that's more about giving the DUP political cover for something of, of a retreat, although it is important to stress that Northern Ireland would probably only stay in the EU single market for four years. Assuming Stormont doesn't come back, then Northern Ireland, the default position is that Northern Ireland leaves the EU single market um, and joins the rest of the UK uh, outside that EU single market. The DUP wouldn't accept the word retreat. They, they, would, they would argue that they're agreeing with what's happening, but it's totally different from anything that would be referred to as a backstop. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's important to stress the DUP have moved. To talk of an all-island economy on one-third of cross-border trade, I think, was significant from the DUP. They agreed that in terms of agriculture and food. This is much more um, all-encompassing, though, uh, in terms of covering all cross-border trade. But there had to be movement because the EU was simply not going to accept uh, any other arrangement. I'm far from convinced, it should be said, that the EU is going to accept what is proposed here. Um, because in terms of the customs operation, well, there's a lack of clarity as to what checks would take place, where they would take place, and how they would take place. There's also the... the uh, and if there's an unsatisfactory customs regime uh, from the UK, and remember the UK, the UK is leaving the customs union on, under this, but if there's an unsatisfactory uh, system of checks put in in terms of the EU single market, the EU is not going to, to wear this. Of course, you know, the, what the UK government may, may be then saying to the EU is, OK, well, you want to protect the integrity of your single market? You police the border then. You set up an e- EU customs post on the southern side of the border, and they could leave the onus with, with the Irish government, which would obviously be you know, embarrassing for the Irish government because, in effect, it's being the, the EU's uh, customs operative uh, on its side of the border. So 
I'm not sure this will fly, but it does represent movement. This document does represent some movement uh, from uh, the UK government. It does represent some movement from the DUP. Um, if the EU rejects it out of hand, then essentially there's, there's only two options left. One is to leave without a deal, or secondly, remain indefinitely, because um, I, I don't think that no deal can, can take place. Boris Johnson would be in breach of the law if he tries to leave the European Union without a deal. It's quite clear. Any reading of the Ben Bill in Parliament makes it quite clear that the Prime Minister is mandated to ask the EU for an extension uh, until the 31st of January 2020 uh, to our EU membership. There is no wriggle room on that. Boris Johnson is not going to risk another Supreme Court hearing uh, given the drubbing he got last time. So you're an EU negotiator and you're trying to decide in your mind, do we accept this? Do we put a bit of pressure on the Republic of Ireland to go with it? Or do we hope the Ben Bill will save us and get the extension? How do you read it? I think the, the EU will reject this proposal. I think they will acknowledge that it does represent movement. The fact that Northern Ireland would be placed in the single market for four years and potentially longer is getting close to what was aimed at in the backstop. So I, I don't think the EU would dismiss this out of hand, but they will certainly ask for a lot greater clarity than what is on offer uh, from Boris Johnson. They certainly want to know a lot more about the customs checks. But yeah, I think ultimately the, the EU's position will be, well, you know, the Prime Minister of the UK has to ask for an extension. We're going to give an extension to EU membership. The parliamentary arithmetic may change, given that there's almost certain to be an election this autumn or early in the new year. Uh, and the next parliament may be, may be more pro-Remain than the current parliament. So the EU is going to be reluctant to expel the UK. Um, the EU is not going to dismiss the request, the mandatory request for an extension. And the EU will and then hope for something to turn up that will keep us in the EU. And that something to turn up may well be a general election which produces another Remain parliament. And if the Conservatives lose ground at that election, um, then it's quite possible that Brexit will never take place. The only way, there's only two ways that Brexit can now happen, uh, in my view. I mean, assuming that Boris Johnson doesn't try and break the law, uh, one is for an EU member state, it only needs one, to reject the, the request for an extension. I think that's unlikely because that member state would come under very considerable pressure and it would be seen as self-defeating to chuck out the UK. Uh, or there is a general election which produces a, conserv a large conservative majority which changes the parliamentary arithmetic and allows Brexit to pass. I don't see a legal route to Brexit now uh, other than those two options. John, thank you very much indeed. Professor John Tong, want to speak to Alison Morris from the Irish News. Uh, Alison, good morning. Good morning. Alison, why are the nationalists, the Republicans and those in government in the South so dead against this idea? Well, what it'll do is it'll put checks close to the border. Now, I know that Boris Johnson said that, that paper that was released wasn't his plan, but as John Tong said, this new plan is quite vague as to where the customs tax would take place. There has always been the suspicion that um, old disused PSNI stations would be reused and turned into customs posts, which of course would be a hard border, just a hard border no longer at the border, or a hard border 10 miles in from the border or 5 miles in from the border with a sort of no man's land in between. And that is is in breach of, of the Good Friday Agreement. That puts a structure, a border, regardless of whether the fact it's on the actual line or whether it's five miles away, on the island. So I think that that's why that this plan will be viewed not just with 
with suspicion by those who, who don't want to breach the Good Friday Agreement, but also by the, the EU member states who, as John said, they are very likely to reject this without more detail as to how these customs checks are going to take place. Should the DUP be happy with it? Should they be supporting this uh, initiative of two borders for four years? I don't think the DUP are going to like it either because it does put a border in the sea, which was the initial plan for Brexit. The initial plan for Brexit at the very beginning, three years ago, was the customs checks from Northern Ireland to the, the um, to the UK and then the other way round into the EU through the south of Ireland would take place at the sea and they had dismissed that because it would put Northern Ireland on a separate foot into the, the, the rest of the UK. What Boris Johnson has suggested with giving um, uh, an unexistent storm and a, a say in that, is, as John says, would give the DUP something to go back to the voters and say, well, we could just overrule that. Um, but in what case? In that case, they would have to have an assembly. We don't even have any talks taking place to get an assembly up and running at the minute, nor is there any likelihood of there being talks in the very near future. So we're still, I think, in a limbo situation. I would imagine that the EU are going to reject this deal without more more details and without more clarity, which is going to put us back to, to where we were at the beginning anyway. And what did you make of the DUP last night with the, the Prime Minister? Is it is it all as cosy as it should be? I think that they, they, like most people, know that Boris needs watching. You know, he's not someone that they can completely, completely trust. But they have changed their views. As John Tong said, they've changed their views on, on agri-foods and said that they realise that there has to be an all-Ireland arrangement for that. You know that we have all an all-Ireland electricity supply and that has been, I believe, agreed, you know, within principle anyway, that that will continue after Brexit. But the DUP must know that, you know, Boris Johnson has changed his mind. Sometimes he takes a week to change his mind, sometimes he takes an hour. But he does flip-flop, and we've seen that before with the withdrawal agreement. He said he wouldn't vote for and then did vote for in the third time out. So they know that he, he needs to watch him, but they do have other allies within that hardline Brexiteer part of part of the, the Conservative Party. And you can see that despite everything that's happened, they still remain quite closely aligned to those people. Do you think he'll go against the Ben initiative, the Ben agreement, and, uh, and crash out? I think that's what he'd like to do, but the problem is that you're just going to have someone like Gina Miller taking that back again to the Supreme Court, and that's just going to be another embarrassment from him. I think that the more likely outcome of this is that there won't be Brexit on October the 31st, that there will have to be an extension and then there will have to be a general election. And so far, from what we can see by the polls, and we know that we shouldn't trust polls anymore, we shouldn't trust polls because of Brexit, because of Trump, because of all those things, but the polls are showing that, that Boris Johnson's ahead. If he forms some sort of an alliance with the Brexit party, be almost certain to win that general election. And I think at this point in time, that's his plan B, that we're going to have to have some. He said he'd rather be dead in the ditch than ask for an extension, but maybe somebody else will have to be put in place as a temporary leader to ask for an extension. And then we'll have a, a general election and he'll be hoping that he can get the numbers then for the Brexit that he plans. But none of that gives us clarity as to what's going to happen on this island. But I think that we have finally heard an admission of what everyone, all the experts have been saying all along. You cannot have Brexit without having customs checked somewhere on this island. You just can't. It's impossible. Things have to be checked coming in and out for safety reasons in terms of, of different um, VAT arrangements. All that has to happen. Up until now, we've heard everyone say, no, there won't be any checks. There'll never be any border in the island of Ireland. And I think that now we've seen an acceptance that that would have to happen if Brexit goes ahead. Will everyone be on his every word today? Or will he be, I suppose, holding back 
because the negotiations are still ongoing. He's not likely to negotiate via his podium today. He's not, and he has said that. You know, we were in, um, a few of us in Irish, we were over in Westminster last week, and we did challenge him on that, and he said he wasn't going to go into the details while the, while the negotiations were taking place. Um, I think, but from his point of view, and I think just from an optics point of view, Brexit's probably viewed very different in England than it is here in Northern Ireland. Um, and from that point of view, for him to say, you know, I came up with this compromise, this deal, and look, you know, the EU knocked it back, these people, you can't deal with them, they're not there for compromise, that'll probably play out well with his, you know, people versus the establishment sort of line that he's been, been peddling since he came into power. And just finally on that, because you say it plays out differently in England, Brexit there and Brexit here, right across Europe, including in England, do you think people really care what happens along the Irish border? I just don't think they understand. I mean, as I said, I was in Westminster last week and spoke to numerous people and, and they still, even after three years, they just don't understand they don't understand the complexities of our situation. They don't understand the very delicate political makeup of this place. They don't understand how the border operates. They don't understand the geography of this place. And I don't think that most of them care. All that we are now is Brexit has become an ideology. In England, it's something that's almost cult-like. It has to happen regardless. And they have convinced people in England, the, the British government and these, you know, the, the Jacob Rees-Mogg's have actually managed, despite being, you know, the poshest of posh boys, to convince very working-class English people that they are the people who are leading this fight. You know, the people versus the establishment. The establishment is anyone who doesn't want Brexit. Um, and that's what way it's viewed among very in very working class areas of the north of England and, and all throughout. Here we have very different reasons for either being in favour or being against Brexit. And most of that is to do with the Good Friday Agreement and the border. Clearly, those are considerations that no one's, no one's thinking about in England. And therefore, I think that they either think it's Project Fear and we're just saying it. It doesn't actually exist. Or they... Um, don't care. They think they should just cut us off and we should just accept whatever Brexit is to allow them to get on with it. So I think that the general election is not it's a, it's a foregone conclusion because we don't know. But I would be very surprised if, if the Tory government, if a Boris Johnson government didn't win a general election and then I'm not sure where we're going to be with Brexit because they're going to force it through on their terms and it's going to leave us with, you know, huge customs coasts that are clearly going to become targets for dissident Republicans. It doesn't matter what we do or say. Once you put a structure there, whether it's, you know, five miles in a area or whether it's on the border, it's still going to become a target. And I think that that is something that going forward that we're going to have to think about and consider what it does to all our lives. But I'm not sure anyone sitting over in Westminster is particularly concerned about it. Yeah, the likes of Kate Hoey doesn't really care about that. That's the, the tail wagging the dog. And I'm paraphrasing her here, but she says, why don't they arrest the dissidents and stop worrying about uh, the, the, the border posts being, being attacked? But you, can, you mean to arrest dissidents if you have evidence of them committing a crime, but you, you can't arrest people on the, the prospect that someone would tell them in the future and two years from now that they might possibly attack a customs post. I mean, um, nobody can be arrested in relation to that. So, I mean, it, it, it is difficult and there are voices there who are saying things along those lines. This is just project fear. We can't get into threats of violence, all sorts of other things. But, I mean, it's not their lives or their lived experience. It's our lived experience, you know. And the people who went through that are just not going to go through it again. 
And also you're going to have a, a situation where not just dissidents, we're ordinary people who live along that border, who I have spoke to during various features that I've done over the past couple of years, have just said they just will not abide by it. They will not conform with it. There will be, as far as they're concerned, that they will go against if anyone tries to start checking um, goods and put the border in place that they will engage in, you know, civil unrest, as in not in violence, but just in nonconformity, which would make the system pretty unworkable anyway. Um, and I don't think anyone's considered the strength of feeling that exists in those those border towns and communities that have been here once before. And I don't think any of them wants to go back to it again. Alison, thank you very much indeed. Uh, Alison Morris from the Irish News. This is the U105 phone-in. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.